Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Turnbuckles. My name's John Ryman, and when I want to get into the holiday spirit, I listen to my close personal friends, Mike Love, David Marks, and the Beach Boys sing Little St. Nick. I'm Tommy Rico, and my favorite way to get into the holiday spirit is to remember that I don't work in retail anymore. (laughs) I'm Julie Harrison Harney, and my favorite way to get into the holiday spirit is to walk around my neighborhood and find the buildings with the best lights and decoration display. Well, that's a good segue, everybody. And you know I like segues, son. In fact, I used to make a career out of it, and that leads us to a segment we call Worlds Colliding. I still kind of make a career out of it. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have like one skill. Um, but it's a good skill, it, though. It is. It, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's a decent. Yeah, it's it's great because the two things that are doing great right now, as we all know, late night TV and radio. But um, and then after that, I'm going to try to sell some Red Sox tickets and uh, <laughs> unload my mini disc player from 2001. <laughs> um, but I will say that uh, what we're talking about, though, is uh, so. Let's just set the scene. We'll get right to it. Uh, Julie, uh, our old boss, not at WWE, not the one we typically talk about. We're talking about the one at 30 Rock. Uh, Jimmy Fallon shaved his beard. So changed his gimmick a little bit. Miley, Miley Cyrus shaved it for him. Oh, that's right. Miley, Miley shaved it for him. That's right. So um, Miley Cyrus, who I might add, the original fiend in a way, the original Bray. You know, two personas, right? You never knew who was going to show. Well, you never know. You get Miley, you get Hannah. Hannah Montana. How about that for you? Bray Wyatt, he's like the Hannah Montana of WWE. See, now this just brings me back to Funhouse, where I'd love to see. And I was just going to say that it made me sad because when I said that out loud, I was like, that actually wouldn't be be a great segment for (laughs) Funhouse. What, Miley Cyrus is Abby the Witch? (laughs) Yeah. I was actually like, you know, this could work. Like, anyway, we'll get to that in a little bit. That shows you where we are. I will say in advance, just so everyone knows we're not being totally negative, my five-year-old daughter really likes it. However, on the other hand, I just want to point out that my five-year-old daughter really likes it. So if that's what you're going for, Mr. Fee, you got it. Hey, an audience, is, she's going to buy more merch than we are. So I'm just saying, if that, that's true, right, Julie? She's going to buy up a lot more stuff. I have all yeah. my stuff. I don't buy stuff anymore, or people send me stuff, so I don't have it. But, so, John, is she what? still going to want Bray Wyatt merchandise when she turns 17 and he wrestles his first match when he comes back? <laughs> hey, come on. Hey, come on. 
That's not true. I heard a rumor he was the fiend. I heard he was in a hell in the cell match. I heard he was I heard he won the championship. That was Bray, right? Do you know that theory? Julie, do you know about that theory? Do you ever hear about that? I never heard no. it at work. What is it? Wait a minute. Are we reliving the ultimate warrior as another person? No. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I talked to Dana about that once because we joked that that was going to be a rumor at some point. And then long after I was left, it became a rumor. And one of my <laughs> students asked me if it was true. I was like, what? Because I never heard. Yeah, there's a rumor that that somehow wasn't really Bray in Saudi Arabia or that they had a second fiend. Do you know about that? I was there. I was not, not in Saudi Arabia, but I was there for that show. And I never heard that they had a they had, I guess, Bo. That was the rumor. They had him standing by as a stunt double. I think it's they're not even the same body type. Yeah. Well, we'll get to <laughs> we'll get stuff in a minute. Anyway, uh, the Miz uh, responded to the tweet of Jimmy Fallon getting his beard shaved and said, you're looking something to the effect of uh, you're looking good for WrestleMania. And OK, fine. But then Jimmy liked the tweet. Now, as you know, oh, that's new information. I didn't know that. I would not say I would not call myself necessarily. On, on good or I'd say that I am like Bret Hart, Vince McMahon in 2006 or 2005 with Jimmy at this point. I'd say that's a fair. Would you call that a fair analogy, Tom? Probably. I think so. I think that's very yeah. fair. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's Goldberg's fault. I'm not going to comment on who Goldberg is. We all know who that would be. Um, hey, wait a minute. Would... Gold, Goldberg, as we know. It is the season for Goldberg's Santa's Sleigh, which is a great movie that everyone should make a holiday tradition. Yeah, well, his counterpart over at 30 Rock, she slayed a lot of people. Um, but anyway, as far as me and Jimmy go, uh, we saw each other at Comics Come Home. It was the first time we'd seen each other in five years. And it really was like one of those moments where you see in like a WWE documentary where it would be like Vince seeing someone for the first time in a long time. And so whether it was Jeff Jarrett or Bret Hart, or Ultimate Warrior, as we mentioned. It's, it, it, I'll just leave it at that. So, no... Well, and John, as, a, as an observer, as, a, as someone familiar with the case, who listened to the audio, I thought it was a wonderful interview. I thought it went it was. off great. I, I interviewed him for my morning show, and um, yeah, it was great. It was... Um, yeah, I, thank you for saying that. And it was, uh, you know, like, we kind of picked up where we left off. Which, Julie, you kind of had that theory. You kind of thought it was either going to be, I thought he was going to duck me, and I was really going to be embarrassed, because uh, my students were there. They were there covering it for, a couple of my former students were there covering it for Emerson, and uh, he pulled me away from Cam Neely, and the Bruins Hall of Famer, and he came and grabbed me and gave me a big hug. And it was in front of my students and everything. Hey. Dude, it was amazing. And it was just, it's that thing where, when it's one person and another person, it's fine. It's when mm -hmm. you get everyone else involved that things get shitty. So yeah. my, advice to, my advice to people out there would be um, don't be too proud to just be direct with someone and go one-on-one. -on -one. Because the other people that are going to, quote, mediate situation, fuck that. They're not going to. Everyone's got their own ball. And we, Tom, we were talking about this earlier, that everyone's a heel right now. Like, the world's a fucking shit show in general. Like, is well, that fair and, to say? And not only is everybody a heel, but there's a lot of people that, it, proving your point, there's a lot of people that are going through intermediaries to try to fix things and just screwing everything up way worse. S fucking everything up. I don't know. I've just reached a point where, to tie it all back to The Fiend, you know The Fiend in that Hell in a Cell match? 
we just take a beating, take a beating, take a beating, take a beating, and then just wait till the other guy got tired whenever he wrestled. And he, I've kind of learned in life that if you can just take, is it, oh man, I'm going to quote Vince. Well, I'm, I, he had that quote where he say, if I can live through the beating, I win. And like, people are so fucking crazy right now that if you, if you've learned to take a beating and you guys know for the past almost five years now, I've taken some beatings. I'm not saying everyone else has. I've taken pre-pandemic some beatings, and uh, I'm still here. And um, I kind of just let people swing away until they fuck up. At this point, um, but to get or until back they to, tire themselves out. Yeah, and good advice for people too. That if they're fucking up and they're being stupid, let them be stupid, and it's they're gonna fuck up eventually. So. By the way, John, if you want to quote Vince, that's fine because he might be running the company by the Rumble. So who knows? But anyway, to get back to to circle back. And to bring things uh, grounded, because as we know, there's two people that have no time for distractions or tangents. It's Vince McMahon and Jimmy Fallon. Um, <laughs> Guess they focused. <laughs> Pal slash pals. And uh, Jimmy liked the tweet from the Miz about WrestleMania. And that brings up an interesting thing, because that's long been a rumored thing that Jimmy was going to take part in WrestleMania. And I can tell well, you, John, can't I, you confirm the rumor? I, I mean, can you confirm were there. the rumor. I can confirm the rumor. I was there with him and he actually talked about it when I interviewed him that we gone rest. He reminded, <laughs> he reminded he me. He ribbed was, you. He ribbed me pretty bad. Yeah. I won't give away what it was, but, um, cause that's for another play. Yeah. He called me out on something that people, <laughs> he got me pretty good. Um, there was something going on in my personal life and I said, ah, let's wave it off. Let's go to WrestleMania. Love you, Sadie. Thank you for helping name things. Can't wait to hear the names you call me when you hear that story. I was there. I got there in time. Uh, I, did, I, I didn't shango it. My run-in was right on time. I was early. It's early, pal. I hit under the ring. I hit, I hit under. Wouldn't that be awesome if, I, wouldn't that be awesome if you went? Guys, any, any dads out there uh, listening to this, if you really want to have some fun, uh, when your baby's being delivered, uh, go hide underneath uh, the hospital bed. And then right at the minute, you get out, you, lights down, and boom, you're back up there. Right, Julie? That's how you want it. Have there ever been any other baby deliveries on WWE beyond the hand? I think they just do hands, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I think that's a Vice documentary coming up is Beyond the Hand. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you something. Fully endorsed uh, by WWE. By hey, would you not to go off too much? What'd you think of the Vince documentary on Vice? I didn't think it was as awful as everyone said. I know the ratings kind of ate it. I think it's just because people have Vince fatigue. Yeah, and it Is wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like there was a lot new in there. It just I didn't. Was, the Rita Chatterton stuff was. I kind of popped for that because oh, yeah. I kept waiting for the watermark to say, and it was like, oh no, that's uh, for now. Yeah, it was certainly so, timely. Yeah, I wonder if they got that in. What were we talking about? Oh, that's right. <laughs> you're burning, your former burning, boss and you're burning and you're, our, our two most valuable bridges. Um, <laughs> it's already happened. Hey, as Eric Bischoff says, it's okay. I know how to swim. Uh, there's third. There's a third bridge right there. Um, anyway, so the rumor. So it's confirmed. Jimmy was going to host WrestleMania in uh, it was WrestleMania 34 in 2018. So now I'm wondering if that and I was going to be the writer on it. Were you and, really? Uh, oh, I don't think I knew that. I can't talk too much more about that, but I can say that, yes, I, we did work on that. Wow. For a while, I can, say. Can, yeah. can you confirm or deny whether Jimmy wants to be an active participant in a match? Because as we know, he oh. did want to take a desk bump. He did want to take a desk bump. Go back in the archives for that. <laughs> 
He did want to take a desk bump. That's right. I'm the guy that told, uh, yeah, I'm the guy that uh, blew off Roman Reigns and then uh, got Vince pissed all in one felt swoop. But uh, Jimmy did want to take a desk bump. I don't think it would be a smart move at this point. They are John, going that on, was, that the was writers a masterful, are going on strike. That, that was a masterful stroke of making, like keeping people from destroying themselves on two sides of the coin. Yeah, and you know what I found is the secret is you just have to destroy yourself instead. <laughs> Give yourself the stroke and let everyone else be fine. Uh, Julie, it's okay. Everyone laughs at me. Everyone has a good time. But you know what's interesting? You ask, what exactly uh, is Jimmy, what would he do? Well, what do you guys know when it comes to Reinman and receipts? You've got a lot. Ryman Keep keeps them. his receipts. Yeah, you do. You Ryman has the magical Google account where it's just endless and you never run out of space. And um, this is not, I just, this is, and here's the thing. I looked into this. It's my Gmail account. At, w, at NBC, they don't give you, Julie, like maybe you had one. But I just they had do, Gmail. but at the Tonight Show, for some reason, everyone kept using their, I think what happened was when you guys were at Late Night, Gmail was like the new cool thing. And because NBC wanted to be on Outlook, there oh. everyone was just like, no, get on, get on Gmail, use Gmail. Of course See, NBC wanted to be on Outlook. Of course. Okay. I, I mean, NBC's I'm not, still on I'm Outlook, not comment, I think. I'm not, Actually, maybe I'm not, not commenting. I just wanted to be clear. I'm I am not disparaging. I just wanted to be clear. Um, but uh, no, I just remember, yeah, Mike Shoemaker was the one. He was our showrunner at the time. And uh, he now runs Seth's show. Uh, in a way, that's, that was kind of a stable turn for Shu, right? Like, he was like Jimmy's corner man. He was Jimmy's heater. And then he became Seth's heater. Hmm? How about that? He was Did Mr. Fuji going do... from demolition to the is powers Mike, of is Mike Shoemaker Is Mike Shoemaker the Paul Heyman of late night? Huh. He might be. Because they, they were each good pep talk people for me. But Shoemaker, I Shoemaker was originally on SNL, right? Yeah. Oh, he, wow. So he's been around the... He said, like... He goes to all of them. Where's he going like next, Heyman then? Because huh? Heyman went from Brock to Big Show, back to Brock, and then to Roman. Is he going is, is back she- to Brock again, do we think? I hope Paul, not. I just, not, I not just, Shoemaker. Although you see Shoemaker as I just Brock's can't, yeah, I love to see great. Shoemaker going, uh, hey, buddy, hey, what's going on? Uh, I was thinking uh, maybe you should get the tractor out again. Hey, buddy, get that tractor. And you hear uh, Bays in the background. Yeah, I don't know. We've done, we've done tractor a lot lately. A lot of crossover in this week's episode. Anyway, Ryman keeps receipts. So do you want to hear him? Before you get into deep, John. Yeah. I'm not both of you worked on, at the Tonight Show. Both of you can kind of confirm this. Jimmy Fallon's fitness level is fairly high for a, a person in late night television, correct? Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, he works out. Or at least when, when I we were, was there. He, when we he, were there. When we were there. Is right. what I would say. But yeah. what, I'm, what I'm getting at is ostensibly he's someone that could physically potentially work a match if carried. I don't know because, like I said, it was the first time I'd seen him in five years. He did look different. Um, and people note that just by watching the show. Well, John, Jimmy and I are the same age. And yeah, we're looking yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, we all look different. And I don't. And we've all been through stuff the last few years and everyone's had COVID at some point or another. And so, yeah, that does, it, it does a number on people a different way. So I don't know, but I do know that when I was there, yeah, he was a guy that kept in shape. And that was actually the first thing that struck me when I went in for my interview uh, was that like, he was taller than I thought he would be. And he was, I was like, Oh man, this guy could, you know, 
take care of business if he needed to. And it was on a day that I guess he took care of some business, hence my being hired that day. Um, but um, yeah, so that was my first thing was like, oh, this guy's got a darker sense of humor and he's, he's, he's fit. Like he, he could do some stuff. And so, yeah, he, I always knew him to be in pretty good shape. I never knew him to kind of, yeah. that's tough. I just wanted you to establish to that so that whatever comes forward from the uh, pitches would make more sense. Okay. So here we go. Um, okay. Fallon, WrestleMania pitches. Jimmy Fallon to host WrestleMania 34, Sunday, April 8th, 2018, New Orleans, Louisiana, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Okay, that's all the, I'm not going to get into that because that's uh, behind the scenes. Is this the first time you're reading it in a while, John? This is, I'm doing Are you a going in blind too? Yeah, okay. No, I, rem- I remember some of these. I'm going to stop at one because there's one that I, <laughs> I'll get to at the end, but okay. it's sensitive. So, okay. So here are the creative ideas because look, man, we always rag in a good natured way. Well, maybe not Tommy, but. <clears throat> Mr. Sunshine, part, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, sure. Look at our text. It's been nothing but uh, optimism. Uh, Tom Brunel didn't even show up today. He's so scared of you, Tommy. Um, <laughs> Pure evil. God. Um, but anyway, um, okay, so we always sometimes rag on WWE tries to be funny. We did it a couple weeks ago. I went off. So in fairness, let's take a look at these are the, the comedic ideas from WWE. And here's the first one. Uh, in arena monologue. Jimmy comes to the stage and welcomes everyone to WrestleMania and does a 90-second, two-minute monologue. Make your own joke there. Before pyro erupts all around Jimmy and the arena becomes bathed in red lighting when Kane, and then it says in parentheses, the brother of the Undertaker, (laughs) comes out and stares at Jimmy before Kane grabs Jimmy by the throat, puts Jimmy over his shoulder and carries Jimmy to the back. Okay, so this is the that's how we start. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if Kane. All right. But if Glenn Jacobs came and grabbed me. Then I'd be horrified. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you said a parenthetical, I was thinking that it was going to be mayor of Knox County. Yeah, I'm I'm more scared of the mayor. Well, they were both easy to work with. They were both good to work with, in fairness. Uh, Backstage, shaking Jimmy in his dressing room on the phone, wondering if hosting WrestleMania was the right move. When there's an aggressive knock on the door, Jimmy freezes in his tracks. We let the tension build. Perhaps Jimmy has security or his bodyguard in the room open the door (laughs) <laughs> to reveal Braun Strowman. Jimmy is terrified yet again at the sight of another monster in his midst. Strowman could, Vince fucking wrote this, right? I can tell he dictated this. Strowman could take the bodyguard, lift him up. Well, there's a lot of pronouns in here. Lift him up. Who's him? And hang him. Who's him again? Got a bunch of hymns. God damn it. The fuck is this? On a hook on the wall. So they're going to hang Jimmy on the wall and turn to say, uh, welcome to WrestleMania before turning and exiting out on a petrified Jimmy. Okay, I'm going to call bullshit right there. Wouldn't it make more sense to have Jimmy say welcome to WrestleMania? He's hanging up on the hook. Shouldn't he turn to the camera like Screech and say, welcome to WrestleMania? Isn't that funny? Yeah, that's the stinger right there. That, that would be perfect. Amateur shit. Comedy marks. Julie, you know, come on. You, you got to say something here. It ends on Braun Strowman. Of course it does. If Vince is the one dictating it, of course Braun Strowman is the one to say, welcome to WrestleMania. Of course. Like, there is no other way. I'm still no. picturing Braun Strowman at the Friars Club. <laughs> He's roasting himself. Look at the size of my calves. They're whole cows. <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah, well. <laughs> that should be a match right there. <laughs> Braun Strowman in the English language. Man. 
Gee, if you're out there listening, and I, we, I bet you probably are, um, do, do, you did me some solid, doing you a solid right back, my friend. Moving on. Uh, Control your narrative, John. <laughs> yeah. Is that Braun Strowman um, saying that during his roast? Yes. Mm, could be Gerard. I'm pimping uh, the company I'm going to be working at in a month. Is Braun Strowman still on the show? Is he what on SmackDown? Show? On Control Your Narrative or on? Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's on SmackDown, but he, he also is. apparently still SmackDown, owns so a piece of Control Your Narrative, I believe. Okay, okay. Like he's go. hedging his bets. Go, go, John, go. It's like his spam email folder at this point. Control Your Narrative. I mean, you know. Uh, we all have one of those things. Jimmy, uh, backstage, Jimmy is walking. Well, passive tense. Jimmy walks. <clears throat> Having decided he's had enough and is getting the hell out of here. Swearing. But I uh, get a call from Paul Heyman. But on his way, he's confronted by a group of two to three bad guys. Bad? No, man, this is, this was definitely, this went through several drafts because Vince dictated this and it was all wrestling ease. And then I guarantee probably Ed, right? Probably went through it, Julie, and rewrote it to Jimmy speak. Because bad guys is not a Vince word. Wait, is so it? this is not you. You you did not come up with these. These no, were this sent is everything that was sent to me by WWE. And I was at oh. a few. I was like, oh, okay. Give, give them a hard time until the new day. You know, WWE's most popular teams. Well, thank God they finally broke off and each found singles glory by now. Did they put that in parentheses? WWE's most, popular, WWE's most popular teams. Again, this is almost five years ago. And they've all had independent runs, and yet it's the new day again. It seemed to have Jimmy's back. And they're, they're great. Uh, have Jimmy's back. The bad guys, who will probably be the new day's opponent that night, back away. Oh, so they were keeping something kayfabe here. Jimmy was not in the loop on who the bad guys were. Who do we think the bad guys were going to be at this show? Against the new day? Yeah, in 2018. Tommy, do you remember who the bad guy tag team was back then? Oh, good Lord. Dudley's um, were gone. Already. Gallows and Anderson, maybe? Oh, yeah. But there was that other team that debuted with Paul Ellery. Remember them? Oh, God. And, they, the, the, uh, uh, and there was this promo that they always Razor and Occam. Um, no, no. Oh, yes. Could be the, yeah. The, the authors uh, of pain. Authors of pain. But there was this other, no, there was this other team that was there as well. And it, you're right. They were with Paul Ellering. And then there was this, uh, these two other guys with the face paint. And uh, oh, the Ascension. Were, yeah. The Ascension. And they were, there was this hilarious promo that they always played in the office. That uh, there was this one promo where they just didn't have us, they had to do it really quick. And uh, there just wasn't a spot for Otis to enter. So he literally just comes out of the wall. He goes, yeah. Like he just, there's no like door or anything he just comes from. It's like they're talking shit. And then uh, who was Otis's tag team partner? Tucker, right? Yeah. Back in the day. Tucker. He he's like, he's like, you wouldn't want to say that. And they go, how come? And then literally he just pops from like behind the camera and goes, oh yeah. Like there's no door or anything. We used to watch it all the time for, because <laughs> I guess Vince went fucking crazy. He was like, God damn it. Where the fuck did he come from? There's no door. Okay. He did so like a Kramer. Wikipedia has said during, I think I have the right one. Um, the Usos defended the SmackDown Tag Team Championship against the New Day, Big E and Kofi, and the Bludgeon Brothers, Harper and Rowan, in a triple threat tag match. In the end, Harper pinned Kingston after an aided superbomb to win the title. 
Uh, think about the connected. Think about the connect. Yeah, rest in peace, Brody Lee. That that day just came. Sad day. But on another note, Julie, the connective tissue. Think of it. Your boss Jimmy was almost on an angle. The same man whose career you're ruined <laughs> with a robotic spider. He he said. How about that? I'm How about not, that? I, two guys, two guys that you led astray, Julie. No one, what? Unbelievable. Not Unreal. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Wow. Your advice. Okay. So here's some other things. This was uh, the uh, New Orleans oh, show. Yeah. And um, I won't get into why he bailed out, but there okay. was a, there was someone else going to be there, and he didn't, allegedly didn't want to be there with this person. Who um, ended up hosting? Do you remember? I don't think they had anybody. Oh. I don't recall anyone in particular. Yeah, you're right. A little bit a tricky time in my life. But um, anyway, if Jimmy's interested in... Par- okay, here we go. Jimmy's interested in participating in a match. Here we go. Jimmy meets up with John Cena. At the end of the conversation, Cena and Jimmy could hug, and unbeknownst to Jimmy, Cena put a sign on Jimmy's back that reads, I want a match. Wait a second. That, that doesn't sound like John Cena. That breaks a rule. Character inconsistency. Right? Why? Like, why would John Cena turn on Jimmy like that? Like, you're going to put your friend in the ring and just say, I want a match? Well, also, that, that sign thing, that's, that's an edge gimmick. Like, anytime I think of uh, signs towards the camera, that's immediately oh, yeah. what I think of is edge with Kurt Angle. I mean, they just did it again, literally, a few months ago. It's great, but, uh, by the way. Yeah, see but that's that, good. It's, but that's it's good weird. Stuff. I don't see it as is in character for Cena either. That segment with Edge and Kurt Angle was fucking fantastic. Like that was. But again, it's like you know, not new people. Anyway, uh, backstage, Jimmy. Oh, here we go. Jimmy runs into Mister McMahon, who welcomes Jimmy to WrestleMania, and then notices the sign on Jimmy's back. I think it's a great idea. How do you think that would have gone, Julie? Oh, oh, oh my God. Hey, how's it going? God damn. Nice to see you, pal. You too, pals. It's pal. Pals. Pal. Pals. And that's the whole angle right there. <laughs> Fifty nine ninety five on pay-per-view, yep. everyone. Oh, that's gosh. what you paid for. God damn it. Did you just call me the plural of pal? Um, but that is an interesting parallel. That is their, their neat. Anyway, he runs into Vince McMahon. And uh, there's a sign on the back that says he thinks it's a great idea when Jimmy tries to back out of the match, thinking it's not such a good idea. Mr. McMahon cut a passionate speech, firing Jimmy up and making him ready to believe in himself. That story again. Mr. McMahon could play John Reinman from February of 2017 till March of 2018. No, I think you should tell these jokes. I really do. These are, <laughs> these are all the jokes. I really think they went well. Good. Great. Yeah, I'm surprised. We do this every day um, in arena for Jimmy's match, or even if he's just in someone's corner for a match, we could dress. J- okay, here we go. Now this is the one I was getting at for Jimmy's match. We could dress Jimmy up in apparel that looks another, looks like they have a typo right here. looks like another one of our legendary tag teams, the road warriors. No, it's the Legion of doom who wore football shoulder pads with giant spikes on them. So basically they wanted I think the long-term thinking was, because back then, Animal was still around. Remember, it was the same year that he was in Ric Flair's 30 for 30 and wore his face paint? Yep. Remember that? He was in his house, and he's like dressed in like a flannel shirt and also the face paint. Pretty fucking awesome, actually. Do you remember when he was tagging with Heidenreich? I do. I do, yeah. 
Um, anyway, so I think what they were going for, they were going to have, and this is when I said, this is the idea I picked when they sent me everything. I said, you got to do this. And the idea was Jimmy and animal is like, like a Legion of doom sort of thing. And then I was like, what I did the old, I did, I wasn't listening to Bruce yet. I was Bruce, as Tommy would point out, he used to say to me, you got to listen to this podcast. Cause you were like, you are late night Bruce. Now we know I'm late night Russo. Shows you how things have gone. Um, but, um, you say that my, my, what if, as I used to do back then was what if you did the doomsday device? And I was like, if you could get up on the rope and clothesline a guy that would go viral and it'd be all over the place. And that's where we left off. Then he didn't do it. That was the last idea was like, Jimmy comes down as one of the Legion of doom and does a, a high flying move. And maybe that's what got it killed. <laughs> maybe it was my suggestion. He wanted to take a bump. so. Anyway, look for that this year. If Jimmy's in, I, they can't do it now. Who would it be instead of Road Warriors? I mean, what legend could you tie him to that both Jimmy knows and likes, plus is still in Tag ring team. shape to go now and can carry a match? E. Um. Yeah. Let's quite, let's let's do that. Who who would what would be our fantasy booking for Jimmy? He'd have to tag. We'd tag with somebody, right? Against the Miz. I think you do a trios match. I oh, think no. Loomis. Jimmy and Loomis. <laughs> well, John, you bring up a, a good point. If Jimmy, so Jimmy and the Miz were going back and forth on social media, as you yeah. mentioned. So who does Miz tag no, up with? Nobody gets the rub better on a new performer like, like tagging with the Miz. <laughs> Nothing will help your career more in wrestling than being the Miz's partner. <laughs> Are you being I sarcastic, mean, Tommy Rico? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, if he talked to Dexter Loomis, he'd find out, except Dexter doesn't talk. So we can rule that out. I mean, you have to. I, oh, I, I, I got one for you. What about, uh, what about Corey? Corey Grace? Grace. He's, alleg he's allegedly cleared to oh. participate. So in a way, you could have, like, it's sort of fair, because it's a guy who hasn't, quote, wrestled in a long time, and Jimmy. So what if it's Graves and Miz versus Loomis and Jimmy? Come on, you can you're telling me that wouldn't be funny, Jimmy and Loomis, a program leading up to that? That'd be the I'm, funniest fucking thing in the world. I mean, it's only a few months away, so we know Miz and Loomis will still be feuding, so. Oh, God. And then uh, Loomis could be hashtag at some point. Could be hashtag the panda. There is. Oh, my gosh. There we go. That's the answer. There we go. That's, That's it. That's the answer. That would be a great reveal to the, see that big panda head I've come off and then this, it's yeah, Loomis's face. Yep, that's I'm it. Dude, I, I don't know. I felt this alive in a long fucking time. Like, I'm really tired. I've had a tiring <laughs> that's, tough that's day. That's absolutely it. And I'm like, man, I'm tempted. But, you know, you don't want to crest. But, yeah, that's it. Loomis and Jimmy. You get hashtag involved. And then, uh, yeah, you get Dexter doing some and of isn't, the... Uh, so it's in Los Angeles. And I think... Isn't I there, think Jimmy's going to do it. I isn't think my there guess a is, Universal like Studios in Los Angeles? Or is that Oh, Disney? God, you go out to do and, a week of shows in LA leading up to WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Because you could also, if, if Jimmy's ride... I don't know if Jimmy's ride is just in Florida or if it's also in LA, but it would be cool to see Dexter Loomis on the ride. So Jimmy in the LA uh, or the Hollywood um, Universal Studios, he hosts the tour. So the tour uh, tram has the screens and he pops up on that. Oh, so it would be funny. They don't to have, have a Jimmy Fallon ride, that. but he, yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's the host of the tour. 
Yeah, Jimmy and D- Jimmy taking Dexter on a tour of Universal, and oh, pals, you're gonna love it. This is the greatest place. And Dexter just not saying anything <laughs> the whole time, just no response. That would be a very funny tour. It could also you be have- really funny if you did a backstage where there James uh, James Poyser makes a cameo from Thank You Notes, and he and he and Dexter just come face to face and don't break. <laughs> they just don't say anything. And what if Dexter, because Dexter's a great artist, what if Jimmy comes around the corner? And there's Loomis drawing some drawing a picture of Jimmy, and then he hears piano music, and James is playing the thank you note song, and they're both just not breaking. And Jimmy's just like, "What have I gotten myself into?" And, he just and I would out. like to see Jimmy try to break them both. Like that would be the goal: is who breaks first? He could not break Loomis. I'm going to issue that challenge right now. No one can break Dexter Loomis. Nobody has yet. I mean, I he's haven't unbreakable. seen it. No, he's fantastic. You know what I'd love to see challenge is accepted. so they're on the. They're on the tour tram together and they go by the Jaws. And so Jimmy's like, oh my God, you got to see Jaws. Jaws, he's in the water. And Jaws pops out of the water. Hey, check, check him out, Dexter. And you look and Dexter's not there. And then Dexter's head just pops up from underneath the water. <laughs> that is so broad. I love it. And, he's, so and, the, and, the, and then as he's like, well, I wonder where he went. And then when it goes by, he just spits out the water. She's like, <laughs> just like spits out like an arc of water and then just goes right back down again like a submarine. That'd be fantastic. We've just figured it out. Yep. So I think we've connected the dots enough. This is what we've gotten to is that wrestling has been so murky lately in terms of just finding fun that we're now fantasy booking a late night's involved, <laughs> late night shows involvement in wrestling. <laughs> Tune in next week when we have our QVC predictions. Okay. And they're going to hold up this, uh, this plate that's worth a hundred dollars and um, these uh, bobblehead dolls. Yeah. I think that maybe that's what they're doing. They're going out to L.A. for a week. They're going to do a week of shows in L.A. And then it builds to Jimmy at WrestleMania. I mean, they could both use it. You heard it here first. We figured it out. I think, I think Julie, I think we were entitled to be involved at this point. Don't you? I don't know if I'm entitled. <laughs> I think we're all consultants now. I think we're consultants. Someone's going to, someone, someone should, you know, someone who's still friends with someone over there, wink, wink, should maybe slip this. Maybe this is an argument. Maybe this is, uh, this is my Bruce Pritchard 25th anniversary Monday Night Raw moment right here. It could be. It very much could be. Because like, I don't know about all full time, all the way thing, but like a one off fun way to go out for both of us. This could be fun, right? To work with Jimmy on a WrestleMania thing. Be fucking fantastic. Like in that world. Be great. Yeah. Get Tommy in there to work. It's gonna on stream on Peacock, right? Yeah. Is that where WrestleMania yeah. will be? I would hundred percent do this. It's not a pay-per-view, right? It is it's a it's a PLE, even Wrestle WrestleMania. It's PLE. Right? It's yeah. two nights, too. It's two nights. Too. Oh, it's two nights. When yeah. did they start doing that? Well, hey, just want to throw out there, I believe we're going anyway. So we're already there because of turnbuckles. Hint, hint. So we'll we'll be there. We'll be taking a tour at Universal. Yeah. (laughs) I had season passes, but they just expired. No. (laughs) Yes. Um, When we worked at NBC, we used to get passes once a year for free passes to go for free. It's awesome. Dude, I'm I'm not, I'm not kidding. This would be a great way to go out. This would be a great button on everything after all this. I do have a good friend who is a podcaster and also a tour guide. So at the very least, we can get good seats on the tour. Tommy, we (laughs) we have our own podcast. We're going to this thing. You're doing like Paul Heyman right now where you're, you're figuring out ways to get things you already have. <laughs> you're like, my friend 
and get me a necktie in the next five minutes. Paul, you're wearing one. Oh, but you haven't seen this other one. I'm not wearing it yet. Um, that's the interesting thing, though, is that in both cases, I would have to say, I would send identical emails to both things. I would love to do this if Paul is okay with it. <laughs> and then I'd have to find out. But another Paul Heyman? There's another Paul, too. Oh, oh. Yeah, I may have said some things. Um, he said some things. Um, but anyway, for the sake of wrestling and love and WrestleMania, I would fucking do this in a heartbeat. I just want to throw that out there. Tommy, what about you? Would you be in just to work with Dexter? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I'm a fan. You guys would, I, I hate what they've done with it. him uh, to this point. And oh, I, why did you say that? We were <laughs> so sold on this. And then you had to be Mr. Negative all of a sudden. I have the feeling I'll be chilling with the Lucha Bros during WrestleMania weekend. I don't, I can't, <sighs> I don't see myself there yet. That's okay, fair. well, That's Julie, Julie, Julie and I are, are, are at least tweeners to baby faces on this one. That's right. Okay. That's right. So there you have it. Stay tuned for Seth Rollins. Give it up for the roots. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Now it's on for the Raw Recap. Raw Recap. Okay, so the show was uh, reminiscent of when uh, SmackDown or Raw would take over a brand before uh, Survivor Series, but I liked it. Uso runs, Uso's run Raw. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny now that I read it out loud. Not as dirty as it sounds, although given that Paul's involved, eh. Um, but Heyman, I mean, Mr. Paul Heyman, we've talked about Paul's. Tommy, you really like this angle, right? I mean, I, I loved the Usos taking over Raw. Uh, it gave a nice chaotic feel to what has felt like a very stale show. I think the overall all issue in uh, in last night's Raw, anyway, is the fact that the last hour was brilliant and the rest of the show wasn't, other than those moments of the Usos just kicking the shit out of people backstage. Uh, I liked what they did. I liked that they flashed back to it every now and then. It's like, hey, he's beating up a couple more people out back. And so I, I dug that, but uh, it was not good otherwise. Like they, hey, the, the stuff that they were well, cutting in that, that was good. The, the Usos involvement was good and their match at the end of the night was great. Uh, but it was, except for a brilliant final hour, it was a rough raw for the first two hours. But that's, I mean, if you can get one good hour of raw lately, I'll take it. Well, you got to remember, as Julie wrote up, we were all talking today, it's football season. So the show may have been stacked and strategized that way that you get people to switch over. They popped a good rating last <clears> night because the Rams played they did. last night. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they did. I uh, Same thing. I, you know, I have to go to bed early and I went to bed saying, oh, and I woke up and it was all over the place. And I was like, come on. 
But I will say that's a good sign because that's something we've been talking about is that in the heyday, it's heyday for Raw, the, the, that final like half hour at least was like you couldn't miss it because something crazy was always going to happen. So, I mean, in the last know. hour last night, you had the Usos versus KO and Seth, which is, yep. just, I mean, if you fuck that up, show's over. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- that they was did, an amazing match. And then you had Becky yeah. and Bailey, and Bailey came to play again. Oh, yeah. And they had great. a great match. So that last hour was phenomenal. That backstage between Owens and Rollins, where they were trying to figure out why they didn't tag before, and then they just listed all of their past grievances against each other. That was such. That was a really, really well done segment. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. oh my God. You know what I just noticed? What, what happened a couple weeks ago? Vin, Vin, remember Vince Russo tweeted out, why didn't they do airing of grievances? Do you okay. think that was a rib on Vince, on our Maybe. friend, our friend, a turnbuckle's friend, Vince Russo? Maybe. It, it I was, don't know. I, I don't, see it I, more as fan service because yeah. they, they, were, they were really like, you know, they were categorical in like, this is what you did to me. And that's what yeah. you did to me. And I mean, it's it just was referencing really well that it was, it was a funny way to reference things that happened in the past that maybe didn't pay off in a, in a super great way. It's just yeah. so funny. I don't know. And the two of them just work really, really well together. And yeah, I think that's good. But I mean, who do we, what do we think is the ultimate payoff here? Because I don't see Seth or KO really being in the picture with Roman. It's going to be The Rock for one night, right? WrestleMania? And Ro- yeah, and I think Roman goes over that night. Roman's going to wrestle make- both nights? That's the rumor. Yeah. Going around. Oh. And, well, that's, that'd be a, the cool way to do it. Yeah, definitely. You I'm save in on him that. leading up. Yeah. So who's the other night? Because it would be the Royal Rumble winner, probably. It'd have to be, because he's a unified Well, it seems like they're setting up KO and Roman pretty heavily. Am I wrong in that? Dude, it's for the Rumble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm... That's what I'm seeing is that it's going to be KO and, and Roman there. If they could somehow steer right the ship somehow and get it to be Bray versus Roman for mania, that is the way to get Bray. But again, you'd have to get to you think so. I've said this so many, like we look, I'm not saying anything that no one's ever said before, which is that <laughs> Bray Wyatt and the fiend should have been monster mainstream, giant, awesome shit that everyone knows about that they go on, they go on late night shows that everyone goes, Oh yeah, I remember that guy. I've seen him, uh, the GIF I've seen like that should have been a recognizable thing. And it was such an interesting character. Well, John, we're going to get, we're going to get there. It's not there right now. They they can steer to that program with Roman. So that, so that somehow it's the fiend that wins the Royal rumble and, and, and he goes over in LA, the fucking horror capital. That's fucking well, Monster we're right there. We're that's also neglecting that. to mention Cody. Um, <gasps> oh yeah, that's right. Oh, that's yep. the answer. That is absolutely the answer. There you go. I was the mark in that situation. You're the wrestling. Mark. But there's also the possibility that Cody and Seth are going to go at it again. Maybe Seth goes over, and maybe it's Seth and Roman at Mania. That's that's the only other person I can see in that. In the spot. Rumble, Seth and Cody, like Cody comes back at the Rumble. Supposedly there will be another Cody Seth match because the, the three were so good. Uh, maybe Seth goes over. Cause remember he hasn't gone over yet. Mm. And maybe that's how maybe they, they keep Cody at bay a little longer because I mean, who knows he he's looking jacked. It looks like Cody got in great shape, but he's got to get back into ring shape. 
And maybe that maybe I don't know what the time frame is. I don't know what the timeline is for his recovery. But we all know when someone comes back from injury, it's very rare that somebody comes back like like Becky Lynch came out like she never got hurt. Very few people do that. Most people, it takes at least a couple months to to get back to speed. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cody Becky Lynch Co- is superhuman at this point. Ridiculously yeah, good. Just the best, the best person in the company. Oh, okay, Saturday night, in my opinion. I've said, I've said this time and time again. She host Saturday night live. She'd be yeah, great. Yes, she really should. Didn't I, didn't I say that Julie back in like 2019? She and really, like, really she should. And, you By saw the way, and she Lopper. put over Bailey last night and it meant something. I mean, it, it was, it was a good match. It was the right situation for her mm. to lose. And it was, it, there was just enough like interference and stuff going on. And, I mean, she's somebody that doesn't have to win every single match to keep her thunder. Uh, let's talk Alexa Bliss. I loved it. Did you really? I thought it. I thought. Look, here's what I'm gonna say. I think. I think their target demo for this is not us. So I think whenever we say AEW's doing the Bray, it's because I don't think WWE is really trying for straight up horror with this mm. angle anymore. The month, you saw how that doll sold. Okay, we understand that we've all grown so cynical over the past couple of years. I just think that uh, in a way, just as The Undertaker shifted from being the scary, ferocious monster to the fan favorite of the kids, I think that they're building Ray and that whole angle towards, you know, 11, 12 year olds who buy all the shit. You know, it's business. All right. Did either of you see over the last couple of days, there's been an interview with Alexa circulating where she mentioned her favorite part of her career has been working with Bray Wyatt. That made the rounds today. I saw it. And she was excellent, by the way. And the people, and I loved that the fans stood behind her because when he left, I was like, oh God, we all were like, oh, that poor, we were like, man, she's going to get dragged for no reason. And they didn't, they stood up for her. I thought that was great. We're really going way out of our way to not talk about uncle Howdy, aren't we? I know. We yeah. Are. Let's get there. <laughs> <laughs> We've done everything in our power to not discuss yeah. that segment, but we're going to have to. But Sadie liked it. Sadie loved it. Uh, she okay. said it was she. Her her eyes went up. She went. That's really cool, Dada. Okay. Really cool. She said I want. And she said I, I said you want to see more. She goes I I I want to see lots more. Was her phrase. Huh. Little, little target. Little target demo research there. Huh. The five year old. The kindergartners are big into Uncle Howdy. Um. Was it in the ring or backstage? Like, did people you get didn't the payoff? Watch the, you didn't see the segment? Of course not. No. It was SmackDown. Julie. I do Raw. I'm a Raw. Loyalist? I'm raw. Yes. That's, that's my show. That's no, what I, I support. Watched it. I watched it with Sadie. It was on. It was, and you know what? Where they placed it in the show is in the time where kids her age would still be up. And. Um, but was it, it backstage was, or in, in front of the It was crowd? in the ring. It was in oh, the okay. ring. And it was, it was a clear. It was a clear. These, these are two different people reveal. It was great. It was in the ring selling. And then Uncle Howdy came out at the top of the ramp. Great. Uncle Howdy. And I don't want to knock it because I don't know who it is, but um, not the longest, not exactly Kevin McHale in the arms category would be my description. Oh, dear. Yeah. I not think it quite was the a worst produced segment of the year, guys. The worst? The worst produced segment of the year. And the sad thing is it Did was Did you see the fireball with... <laughs> Yeah, it would have been awesome. It would have been awesome if he went, howdy, howdy, howdy. Then I would have been like, there it is. <laughs> well, he may have under that mask. We couldn't hear him because they were playing the voice of a laughing person in the background for about 25 minutes. 
Yeah, some serious audio issues in that segment that are still online and all the clips on Twitter and stuff, which WWE usually does a pretty good job cleaning up. But it was the sound was off. Uncle Howdy was obviously, you know, what? oh, my God, I just realized it. It's so obvious. It was the after he fell down Shockmaster part. Totally. I I was just going to say that. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is. It was was Shockmaster bad. Yeah. And and John, the sad thing was. It wasn't that bad. This this segment was salvageable if they had produced it differently. But you know who produced the segment? It was Road Dog Jesse James. So that kind of eliminates a few problems. How do we know that? And wasn't Rob Fee also? Weren't a lot of people involved in this? Well, you pin this on one person. And also, the sound was off. Road Dog was the segment producer. You know how that segment should have gone? And it would have worked? Okay. You get LA Knight go to the ring. He cuts his promo. Bray mm-hmm. doesn't come out. Bray cuts a promo from backstage. LA Knight goes after him backstage, and that's where you do the reveal because that's where you can do spooky stuff. You cannot do spooky shit in front of 15,000 people. It was ridiculous. And the fact that they. The Undertaker they had, did it all the time. Yeah. No, but not. You can't. There is, <laughs> there is an intimacy. The minute Tommy said that, I saw the. Uh-oh. <laughs> there is an intimacy with horror angles where you cannot do anything scary in front of the entire crowd. It has to be done in a more, in a more claustrophobic environment with fewer people in the shot. There it was such a mess and the fact that creatively someone that? it was terrible. Someone the didn't end, understand the end was terrible. The end of it was very was bad. Someone the didn't build up had me had me captivated. Okay, so Backstage, we can agree that the glimpses of the Uncle Howdy mask have been creepy, right? The the way they've done it have been pretty creepy. When he came out, first of all, he was backlit. An absolute stark white, like pure light coming out from behind him and the smoke machine. So he comes out and it's just a silhouette and he has this giant Hanna-Barbera banana splits head and it, it, this silly giant top hat with the yeah, it, and so he's not lit enough. And then you waiting, can tell I was they tried for Howard Finkel to the, to reemerge and go, ladies and gentlemen, Willie Wonka. It, it was that embarrassing. And then so they couldn't get the details in his face. So now it just looks like a like Abe Lincoln is coming out from the back because it's just this silhouette with a yeah. stove top hat and and, and Abe and Lincoln a Willie Wonka hybrid. Hat. Yeah. And then so he comes out and then they try to and we know, and, we know, and, and it was bad. And, you know, Lincoln hates being shot from behind. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Again, well done. I'm just gonna, well just done, putting sir. it out there. But I'm just putting it out there. We can go there. We can be there to help write your comedy. WrestleMania. OK, sorry. Time. Go ahead. All right. So now they have to show the details of who this is. because And so they tried to like at the last second front light him. So you could yeah. see that it was uncle and it, it just didn't come off right. And then. So his now, laughing didn't match the audio. He was no. like, he was like mime laughing. That's where the Shockmaster came in, where it was like, and oh Julie, boy. just to set the scene, so many things wrong with this. But so LA Knight comes to the ring after being kidnapped by Bray Wyatt. Oh or, yeah, or not Uncle Dexter Howdy, Loomis, and being tortured two different backstage. Kidnappers? Yes, yeah, we have two. A, everyone in WWE. Angle. Julie, I missed the day. Was there a day at WWE where you're trained how to easily escape a kidnapping? Is that <laughs> Seriously, part of the HR training. Yeah. She's like, if you're, yeah. if you're kidnapped, just follow these two steps. And you're day two was day. quicksand. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we have LA Knight cutting a promo in the ring. Then Bray comes out. And to answer this, this 
accusation. I have found a major problem with the Bray White, the Bray Wyatt new presentation. When Bray's music hits, all right, by the way, Bray's music Shatter by Code Orange is finally available on iTunes, which it, it inexplicably wasn't for weeks and weeks, and people wanted it. Now it's out there. The problem with that song is it takes two minutes to start. It's mm-hmm. uh, piano keys, and it's slow, and it takes its time. And so now Bray is coming to the ring, not with his full, he's not doing his full entrance. He's not doing the interdimensional door. He's not doing the whole pomp and circumstance. The lights aren't going out. Bray comes out to confront LA Knight with just his music playing. And it's just not the right, it's not the glass shattering and stone cold hit in the ring. It's like this slow dirge of a song. And so the impact wasn't there. And then Bray gets into the ring and LA Knight attacks him, and then that's when Uncle Howdy came out from the back with Bray in the ring so that you could see they're two different people. But it was just too long. And that's the, the entire problem with this Bray Wyatt angle is that everything is too long. His music takes too long to get to the point. His promos take too long to get to the point. His in-ring work hasn't even happened yet. It, everything is just taking too goddamn long and we're all getting old waiting for this to happen. And it's just not popping off. And that's the and problem I, with it. I would just say to just add some credence to that is that uh, if you look at the comments on Twitter, it is universally, this is too long. Why are we waiting? Like, what is happening here? Like, it's all like, oh my God, just do this already. It's the first time I've well, seen people really on social media kind of just go, you know what? Like with Bray, because usually he wins no matter what. And great. Like, I love Bray, but like. There was no yeah. defending that segment. And no, then people so Uncle Howdy was... reveals himself and then laughs for what felt like 25 minutes. I was going to say Bray had a look on his face like there was a cue that was missed or something. He was stretching. He was trying to kill time there. because It looked like he was he had to turn at some point, but was like, OK, do the thing, do the thing so I can be crazy now. Okay, do the thing. Ah, he didn't do it. And then he just went it. Yeah, there's something was off or someone forgot to do. It seemed weird or there was a missing piece or something. I, I know we're yeah. not we're not there yet, but just to contrast what happened in the ring on that show versus the rehabbed House of Black just showing back up and killing the factory and how much more effective that was and how much more spooky that was. Simplicity works. You can't just you can't drag on these angles forever when there's nothing there. And especially now they're losing our trust in this angle. So now we're all just waiting for it to suck. That's not a good place to sit. I'm going to throw out uh, my solution. I think that uh, just from now on, the next time Bray comes out, uh, instead of that theme song, they should play uh, Band on the Run by Paul McCartney. (laughs) Slow it down even more. How about wonderful Christmas time? Yeah. Here he comes. Aren't we scared? Um, don't, don't sing anymore, John. We're going to get hit with royalty music. And Tony <laughs> Khan has not offered to pay for our, our royalty music yet. What, what's the rule? It's like four seconds, right? Probably. What, Julie, what was my song? It was uh, Surf's Up by the Beach Boys, right? The isolated vocals. Isolated vocals, up. yes. Yeah. yeah. So if we, if we are able to hatch this deal, it won't happen. Over this podcast, everyone at 30 Rock, beware. If you start hearing the isolated vocals of Surf's Up by the Beach Boys. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, man. Never say never. And lots of QR codes.
Would you do a QR code no. for your return? No, okay. No, no I would games. just show up. You're nope. Sh- totally surprised. Undertaker, uh, American Badass on a motorcycle. That kind of return. That <laughs> kind of return. Even they're not doing QR codes anymore. No, I, no, I would want mine to be a total holy shit moment. I don't do this slow build up. Would you ride it on up. a motorcycle? Is that what you do? Or would, would another vehicle of choice? Uh, that is a question is what would my look be? Would yeah. I go with, would I keep the beard? Would I go with uh, the look now? Or would I go back to sweaters and uh, nice shirts and shave the beard? Would I wear Hawaiian shirts again? I have my own three face. There's three faces of Reinman right there. <laughs> oh, John, I'd I like got to know it. Which comes I, back. I got it. Hold yeah. up. Yeah. I have the angle. Yeah. You're doing the run in at WrestleMania on the Miz Jimmy Fallon match. Just like Roddy Piper did on the Hogan Mr. Mr. McMahon match. Oh, I don't care about the trench coat. (laughs) I don't care about it. I just mean the production meeting at Fallon. That's 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 my debut. Julie, do we do lights down? I think you kind of have to, right? Do I come in? Do I stand at the doorway? It would have to be lights down. And there's no other way. It's not that I haven't fantasized about this. A lot. Um, anyway, you know what? Let's get right to that next thing you were talking about, Tommy. Monday Night Raw airs Mondays at 8 on USA. Friday Night Smackdown, Fridays at 8 on Fox. And The Tonight Show, starring Jimmy Fallon, Monday through Friday, 11.34 and a half. It's now time for AEW and Sometimes Why. AEW and Sometimes Why. I just want to get my one joke in there for Raw. Adam Pierce. Should have used the phrase better call Paul at some point. <laughs> Bums me out. They did not use See, that. There you go. That's, that's why you need us. We got to yeah. be funny. Yeah. But switching gears and sticking with AEW, uh, they had a pretty big week too. And they had some good stuff that you want to talk about. They had an uh, interesting week. Like, so winter is coming was not good rating, decent rating, right? It popped okay. a good rate. It was almost a million and you know, they had been yeah. struggling yeah. But the so the show was good, not great. But as far as like some interesting notes, Chris Jericho putting over Action Andretti, who was a, a previously unheralded performer on the AEW roster, so unheralded that no one knew he was on the roster. People thought he was maybe a uh, a like a per appearance guy because he had been working on Dark and 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 on Elevation. So Action Andretti, according to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, Jericho spotted him working one of those matches and just took a shine to him. And he's like, I want to put that guy over. Oh, wow. He's 24 years old. He's, he's got talent for sure. But Jericho, and this was apparently in the works for weeks. But, and they sat on it for a little bit because Jericho had other things to do, but they wanted this to happen after Jericho lost the ROH title. So he put over... A guy named Action Andretti, who it was it wasn't Action Andretti's hometown or anything like that. It was just like, hey, I like this guy. Let's let me see if a win over me can work. And I like that about Jericho. Jericho, for all his faults, and he does have some, he steps in shit a lot in his uh, social media posts and such. But as we far all as a worker, do to, to some degree, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer for sure. First oh, ballot, God, hundred percent. Yeah, he's. I Is mean, there he's one ahead of first ballot. I mean, fuck, no. put him in now. One of the all-time greats, and the fact that he's willing to do this is super, super cool. And I loved the selling by the commentary team because they. It seemed like it was going to be a quick match, and then all of a sudden they have to cut to commercial. The commercial and the match is still going, and they sold that really, really well. And then 
the fact We've seen that some the, good commentary in general, I just want to mention, just in the interest of fairness. There, absolutely. There's been more attention to detail everywhere lately. So. But this this match kept going, and the crowd got into it, and the crowd started chanting, let's go jobber, which yeah. some people found disrespectful, but I found it was like the ultimate sign of respect. The it entire crowd got behind this guy. It was the, and this is the word that we heard tossed around a lot, Julie, compelling, which is really what you're going for. It's, does it make you stop and watch it? Did you think, Tom, this guy was going to go over? I didn't. Oh, I thought hell this no. was going I thought this was like to set up some kind of Jericho, is he still got it sort of thing. When, when he went over, it was. And he went and over clean. And everyone's comparing it to the greatest upset of all time, which made a career, which was Razor Ramon, a.k.a. Scott Hall versus One Two Three Kid, a.k.a. Sean Waltman. And as uh, Sean Waltman, who's fantastic, by the way, on social media, talk about a guy who's turned his life around, really just. Um, Donald just 180 and just, just such a great dude. Got it like a dog and everything. It's awesome. Uh, he uh, noted how I like that's a match- sign of turning your life around is when you get a dog. <laughs> but he ha- no, he has this dog that he and he's like a big animal like advocate now. Like he's like great. he like really takes like he's yeah good dude. And um, he noted on Twitter that in their match Scott got all the offense in until that one planned botch which allowed for the spring salt and he said this guy had a match this yeah. guy went toe-to-toe with jericho this was not a you know no it wasn't a fluke over. win andretti got in a lot of offense yeah. and he looked good yeah. in the process i can't speak for whether andretti's going to be a top tier guy but this win certainly shines a big light on him and again he's 24 years old there's a lot of room for growth there and that's something that on the other channel it's really sorely lacking i mean we you would not see this I no, agree. but I yeah. loved it. And, and it was, it was Jericho being magnanimous and putting a guy over. And, and I think it's important to point out too, that Scott Hall and Sean Waltman, formerly X-Pac, formerly one, two, three kid, they were friends who made that happen, who made that match happen. Yep. Action Andretti was just a guy that Jericho took a shine to work in a dark match. So I well, think that's tremendous how, on Jericho's part. Well, and how close were Scott Hall and Sean Waltman? Were they that close? I think they were, they were good friends throughout, but they were really good friends like early on. Going in to yeah. that? Yep. Isn't there quite an age difference there between Sean and Scott? Uh, no, I don't think. Or at I least mean, there was an age difference. Scott was certainly older, but, uh, but not I that just wonder much. How they, I wonder how they would have really crossed paths. I mean, I'm not doubting you. I'm just saying I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, no, they were they were definitely tight. But I remember I were you watching that live back in 1993? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember it. it I remember it clearly because it was crazy. It was fucking crazy. Because that one two three happened. kid had shown up on well before he was one two three kid. I don't even remember he was if they a bunch of different him, kind like, of kids. Kid lightning kid, or something. But he had worked kid. other like he had worked superstars and yeah. some of the some of the AEW dark type shows that WWE had out of the time, the syndicated shows. He had oh, my favorite. As enhancement I miss those talent. shows. I want to bring those shows back. I really, you know what? I miss they those. should bring them back on YouTube because I like dark on YouTube. Like I can choose what matches to watch. It's always there. I can get to it at any time. I love the fact that it's on YouTube. And almost, I mean, this is something we should talk about some other time, but we've talked about it. Julie and I talk about it a lot. Is that like, you got Raw, you got SmackDown. Why can't one be the crazy, dirty, oh my God, scary show. And the other one is the Uncle Howdy show. Yeah, they're way too similar. Way too similar. You know what I'm saying? And then you, then it's like you broaden your fan base. And it's like, I like WWE. Oh, you're 35. That makes sense. You watch Raw. 
kid. I like WWE. Oh, yeah, you like Uncle Howdy. But I'm just saying, you could throw a lot of Uncle Howdy type shit. The quote, that's where you put our truth and all that stuff and bring it, do a Saturday morning syndicated show yep. that, that comes out, make a big deal of it, that it's not just like superstars, go take a look. Like, no, have angles and stuff. I miss those. I loved those syndicated shows, but. Shotgun um, Saturday night. I used to watch that at one in the morning in Boston. Yeah, me too. Yep. Um, Fox 25, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I remember Bobby Heenan going fucking crazy on that one, two, three kid. Yeah. When he would scream in his, ah, ah, his voice would get to this tone. Because well, you just didn't see that back then. You didn't see a, a guy the size of one, two, three kid beating a guy the size of. of and it was Scott believable. Hall. It was believable, yeah. too. It like was a really happened. good match. To but this day, if you us, sit down and watch that match, it holds up. That's what makes this Chris Jericho match uh, in Andretti so, so unbelievable is that that somehow was a good match, too. And I don't yep. think they'd work together, right? They'd never nope. wrestled. Wow. Good, good for both guys. But again, it's it, a lot of that. Jericho knows how to put people over. And that's, I mean, not to, not to discount what Andretti did in the ring, but that's why the crowd got behind Andretti is because Jericho worked it that way. Jericho worked that match like a fiddle, and I loved watching it. Um, what I also loved watching was MJF and Ricky Starks. Yeah, let's get I to that. I don't think this is the end of that. I no. hope it's not the end of that. I think that's too much I money. I think that that is a rock Triple H type feud that yep. will be a slow yes. burn and keep yes. going. You and I talked about that. That yep. it was like, that's exactly where it had that felt of, you could, there was a thing in MJF that was a little caught off guard. I thought I saw a little bit of humanity there. It was like, Jesus. Well, and so starts, what we have to figure out was, but it was and like, what they have to do, I, I trust them to do this well, but what they have to figure out is how does Danielson play into this equation? Because he came out at the end of the match and, and uh, scared MJF oh, yeah. into the stands. So I don't think Brian Danielson but also, wants no disrespect. No disrespect to Daniel, who, by the way, they still call him Daniel Bryan. Like when I talked to Billy Gunn, he said, you know, we got Daniel Bryan. And I was like, even he, like, but I respect like if, if Brian Danielson's running at me, sure. But I, I don't know to see MJF uh, powder. That's another term we haven't used in a while. Right, Julie? That, do you know that, Tom? That's the word for yes, runaway. Take a powder. It's powder in wrestling and sell and a heater. Those are some other words I haven't used in a while. But uh, well, I, I, but yeah, Danielson, it's, Dan, it's, it's Daniel a guy you run from. Yes. So, <laughs> but <laughs> what? You're the same test, size. It's well, it's a testament to Danielson's toughness. And remember too, MJF has also just wrestled a match against a very good competitor and is okay. exhausted. And now that one of the toughest guys in the world is coming at you, yeah, sure, I, I would run too. That <laughs> is true. The way Daniel, the but the, I will say that the way he went at him was convincing. But that said, the fact that it's a GIF and a meme and it's on T-shirts now, I think other people were kind of the same. I'm just saying that I think other people saw it like I did. Which it's was on like, T-shirts mm. now. It's a very yeah. funny image. Tony um, Khan selling. Tony's getting. We'll, we'll talk about it next episode. Okay. We're yep. running out of time here, but Tony's Tony Tony is turned. Tony's yep. funny when Tony. Now that Tony is like just doesn't give a fuck. He's been funny on Twitter. Wow, I need to yeah. check it out. He's a funny follow, but, uh, but he immediately started selling that shirt and it felt like old school Vince McMahon in a good way. Whereas like when Vince would just rib somebody and be like, ha 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 and just sell it or be like, that's your nickname from now on. All of a sudden this t-shirt just on a regular white t-shirt looks like a shirt you'd get made at the mall. And it's just the Im image of MJF running away from Ryan Danielson. I have to look well, and that's Danielson's uh, signature is the white t-shirt. But why does so. it, you couldn't give him anything, just a hammer. Just something that's like, oh, he's got a thing. You're running from the guy with the thing. 
I don't know. Oh, this is pretty funny. This is, is a really funny. funny shirt. Shoot, that's good. That's a good there shirt. Are some, there are some good shirts out there right now. And per- makes the perfect Hanukkah gift for all the MJF fans oh, out there. No. MJF. This oh, is a shared that shirt. Image. That was great. That's a great shirt. Even yeah. the camera is in the shot. For the, the, which I just, it looks so <laughs> memeable. This yep. is, that's a, oh shoot. No, and, you know they reco- and they recognized it right away, AW. which that's the other thing is you don't want to recognize it two weeks later after it's already been memed to death. Yeah. Like, good job of them jumping on that right away. And by well, the way, they have a new director of TV over there. Yes, they do. You know, there you go. Mansuri. The, mm-hmm. I will, I will also point out how many years did 275 pound Triple H run from everybody as a chicken shit heel as well? Um, a lot. <laughs> well, I was I just mean, gonna say the irony is it's the same week you have your big. You've been building to this for months. Uncle Howdy reveal up on the stage, but the most memeable moment is just a guy running from someone in a white T-shirt. <laughs> well, and they, like, they we had- got all the fog. He's got a crazy mask, and the hat's gonna be just right. What's the biggest uh, image of the week? Uh, it's just MJF powdering from Daniel Bryan, the guy who well, used to work here. Well, and That's they number had one. To, There's a T-shirt. Sell a lot of T-shirts. To skip Great. ahead, they had uh, they had the memeable moment, but they also had a a very poignant promo in Hangman Page. Guys, I'm super into Hangman Page now. I don't know what happened. Like, he, oh, shout out to Bike. Bike is killing it. Bike is getting it over. So, so they did a backstage interview with uh, Alex Var- Marvez where uh, in kayfabe, uh, Hangman Page hasn't been cleared for action yet. And Hangman cut this promo about when he, he got the concussion in the match against Moxley that he could remember everything until the point they asked his son's name. <gasps> and that broke me. Oh my Ooh. goodness. That promo was on point. And it was, we talk about acting and wrestling and how it's usually hokey. That was not hokey. And even though Hangman has certainly had some issues cutting promos with punk, but as far as the promos that he's cut, like the meds aren't working anymore promo that killed me. And then this one just buried me. I mean, I was broken after watching that. And then he shows up on Rampage after Moxley gets bloodied and battered in a match with, um, with a really good match with uh, uh, King of Cuba, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Guevara. And so uh, earring got torn out, blood everywhere. It was a rough match, a really good match. And Moxley cuts a promo and here comes Hangman. And then there's the brawl, pull apart brawl. Man, Hangman is, he is coming out of that whole issue with CM Punk and the elite and all that, he's coming out flawlessly and putting on some really, really great work. And the, the concussion was what it was. It was an accident. Those things are going to happen. It's a contact sport. Bruce Pritchard loves to say it ain't ballet and it's not, but man, even coming out of that, which was a horrendous on television, live injury, he's coming out all roses. And I really like his promo style. There's something that is super realistic about the way he cuts a promo. I'm, I'm into it. Ballet is a really tough sport. If totally. you look at the point, the, the feet that some ballerinas, that, that is, it, it, it's not that it's not It's a ballet. brutal art form. It, 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 it is. It is incredible. Ballet is actually similar to Correct. wrestling in that you have the yes. performer the other performer that you're with, their safety is in your hands. It's actually yeah. very similar to pro wrestling. It is totally. So I just want to share that. 
Yes. Black Swan, the original Bray Wyatt. It's another <laughs> Bray Wyatt right there. There you go. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's not all roses, but I'll tell you who is a rose, Mandy. Segways, son. How do you the do The best it, in sir? the goddamn business. How do you do not it? switching gears, not some COVID news. <laughs> Call me. I'm the Segway guy. I'm the Segway sensei. Seriously. He's the Segway sense. That's my nickname now. The Segway oh. sensei, John Reinman. Uh, real quick about Mandy Rose. Every time you talk, sh- it's just segues. The whole there is no in between. It's all just segues. Do you think that's where they got New Smash from? You think that's a rib on me? A little bit. Might oh, be. really? Oh, uh, actually, no, I never I even thought no, about no, that. No, it's no, it's not. That's oh. the great Sage Boggs who came up with that. But, um, oh. but about Mandy Rose, uh, just I, we only have a little bit of time left, and it's just probably all the time we want to really get into this. Um, I'm team. She deserves Mandy. better. She deserves better. Yeah, I'll just say I have a quick take on that, which is I'm on her side. I don't understand it. And there is a double, there's, I I don't even need to list the double standards in terms of people who've been allowed to keep on working. Because they're so obvious. Yeah, it's like, we all know it. They're all out there. It's all public image. I mean, it's it's statements put out by WWE about certain people that they're going away and they'll be, I mean, okay, I'm just going to say it right now. Has Matt Riddle been let go? No. Did Mandy get let go? Yes. Be the judge. There you go. So me look, and I know there's a, you don't know everything. Well, you know, maybe we don't, but I mean, I've not heard anything ever bad about Mandy Rose. Have you? Other than she works incredibly hard for WWE. Yeah. Well, and also let's point out her personal page, which is where the pictures were that supposedly got her fired. They were too risque. Apparently. Um, she has now made three times or more what she was making with her WWE deal. Also, she was a champion in WWE. She was the NXT Women's Champion for a record-setting amount of days. And only found out right before that match. Yep. That was a near screw job situation right there. Yep. Um, I, honestly, I don't see her. I don't see her going back to wrestling. Why yeah, would she? Yeah, I was going to say, why? Yeah, like. With you know, if, if she's going to clear a million on her fan page, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you go back? So I don't see her. I would love to see her in AEW. Don't see it happening. But I just I, like I would the, welcome, welcome her to AEW with that. And I think AEW, AEW would welcome women's her. Ro- yeah. The AEW women's roster right yes. now is getting stronger by the week. Uh, the I thing. love the Athena character change. We have yep. uh, Ruby Soho coming back and beating yeah. uh, Ty Mello in a good match. And then uh, Hikaru Shida. And Britt Baker put on a great TV match. That's going to be another great feud. Uh, Britt's always good, no matter who she works with. I would love to see Mandy Rose versus Britt Baker. That would be a really good feud. And that would, that would get her over. Oh, God. That'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd yep. be fantastic. That yeah. women's division is getting stronger. But sadly, I don't see Mandy joining it because she's doing just fine. And, yeah, she uh, hasn't really, she hasn't really, like, she kind of took it very gracefully in a way that was like, well, okay. Like, you know. Like, oh, okay, guess I'll just go do this. But yeah, but the double the double standard, absolutely grotesque. Well, I just want to point out that we don't know. Look, again, everything's not fact, but someone leaked out and we don't know if it's true or not that I'm not going to mention them by name because it hasn't been confirmed and why dignified either way that a that a male supervisor at NXT was the one that supposedly went to, I guess, Triple H or Shawn Michaels and kind of, quote, ratted on Mandy Rose. But then my logic to that was, don't they then say, how do you know this? <laughs> like, yep. You know, like, Hey, 
Her? She's in porn. Okay, Bob. And you know this how? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just the logic of it was like, Anyway, I'll tie, I just want to tie this up with one question for you guys. That promo by Hangman Page, when he got to that, that heartbreaking point where he said he remembered everything up to his son's name, do you think that's why the next day he tweeted, Happy birthday, Shane McMahon? <laughs> AEW Dynamite airs Wednesday nights at 8 on TBS and uh, AEW Rampage. Friday nights at 10 on TNT and check your local listings due to basketball or just follow Tony Khan. who's getting really funny at recapping whatever show is on before it. He's in a way he's kind of dropping his own hits. He's got, he's going to start using QR codes pretty soon, but I think that's our episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, review, and give us a nice five-star rating. It's, it's the, it's the season to, to do fun, wonderful things. This is season. Make sure you tick our talk. We're at Turnbuckles Pod. We're also at Turnbuckles Pod on Instagram. We got a YouTube channel where you can watch all our episodes if you like doing that stuff. Seasons greetings and see ya, Buckleheads. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.